recording this podcast would get better if you had a little cat near you. Right. And right. You, every now and again, you could say, say hi to Hannah, cat. And then I could yes. see a cat. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm hoping will happen. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by the fall, that will be, that'll be a thing. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I think I told you this. I was um, doing therapy the other day. And my therapist was like, oh, no, and, like, reaches towards the camera. And I was like, oh, yeah. She's like, sorry, my cat almost put his face in a cactus. And I was like, oh, <gasps> oh, oh no. can I see him? Oh, I wish my therapist had a cat. What are your thoughts on Sphinx cats, like the hairless ones? That's a great question. I think they're really cute when they're kittens. Mm. I think they are kind of scary when they get older. Sure. I kind of agree. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like so allergic to cats. So I'm like, oh, like I could build up a tolerance and like be fine Mm -hmm. and deal with it. Or I could get a hairless cat and then – I don't I, – it's so bad to say. And I think they also require, like, more specific care. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I think so, too. Yeah. And, um, you know, but would it be nice to wake up to have, like, a, a little hairless cat and you're just like, ah, it's a demon. You're like, no, no. <laughs> it's – Also, did you – Just Bruce. Not Bruce the cat. Um <laughs> The Nexium documentary, The Vow, uh-huh. right, on HBO, uh-huh. uh, in the second season, we get we get a lot of interviews with Nancy Salzman, who was, like, the second in command of this cult. Right. And she's like, I didn't know it was a cult. Who knows? You know, whatever. And she, like, has a hairless cat. And I'm like, oh. you can't be sitting here saying, like... You don't know it's a cult. And then you have, like, the most cliche villain pet of all time. Exactly. <laughs> like, Dr. Evil had yeah. that cat. Yeah. Like, sorry. I can't believe that you were like, oh, I was an innocent bystander. I didn't know. And then you're just like, yeah, but you were a villain. So, yeah, you did. But yeah, you, it was a jump scare when I saw your cat. <laughs> <laughs> I said, ah, oh, oh, no. <laughs> they do kind of look like a scrotum a little bit, but. No shade on you guys. That's uh, just just how you look. It's and that's fine. Do you want to tell everybody what the show is? <laughs> yes. Welcome to Disastrous. This is um, the show where you know we talk about the villain cats of life. That's right. Whether they're yeah. intentionally villainous or accidentally villainous, we talk about yeah. those evil, evil little kitties. Yeah. By which I mean disasters. <laughs> <laughs> disasters. We're talking like they see an empty glass on the coffee table and they're like, I'm going to push it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, don't do it. And they're like, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you're like, not even a little bit because you're going to do it a little bit a couple times and then it's going to be shattered <laughs> glass all over the floor. So that's yeah. kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about the, the shattered glass of history. We're talking about like, you know, when the kitty lies on your chest and you're like, this is so great. And then they start doing that thing where they make biscuits on you, but then yeah. they have their claws out. And their claws keep getting stuck <laughs> in your shirt and your skin. And you're like, I yes. can't stop it because they're so happy. 
Yeah. <laughs> and they're just purring the whole way. And yeah. you're just like, it hurts. Yeah. And you're in immense pain. Yeah, exactly. This is disastrous. I'm Amanda. I'm Hannah. And I got a story for you today. Yay! So, I know. I'm so excited. Um, it's a little bit longer, but... Um, and I know this one, and you and I have talked about this. Yeah. It has been done. It's a it's a classic tale, um, but I just really enjoy this story a lot. I think it's really fun in, you know, a way that a disaster can be. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, um, I just really enjoy this story. I have always enjoyed hearing it um, and talking about it. And I think that uh, it'll be fun to kind of dive into. I agree. Uh, this you know, is a story where I either learned about it because you texted me. Um, mm-hmm. So I know, listeners, okay, I'm be- I've yeah. been spoiled for what it is. Um, <laughs> where I've either heard it like years ago and have forgotten everything or mm-hmm. like never knew as much as I thought I did in the first place. Right. So I'm excited to like hear more about it right now and dive in deep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I went all the way in. Um, there are, obviously, for time purposes, there are some things that I had to kind of cut out. Um, but it's a, it's an in-depth, like, there, it's a fucking circus. Yeah. So, anyway, enough of the, uh, the teasing trailer. Um, today we are going to be talking about Typhoid Mary. Woo! So, I set the stage. It's 1906. Charles Henry Warren, a wealthy banker of New York City, rents a home in Oyster Bay, Long Island to spend the summer. Great. Because that's just what they did (laughs) early 1900s. You're really wealthy, and you're like, we're going out to the Hamptons. I'm sorry. He He had to rent a home. He didn't just have a home out there he didn't just have a home which i was like is he poor is he a gross poro a gross poorie people i know now (laughs) that have summer homes in in long island they own that home yeah so it's like what's going on charles why are you renting i don't understand you claim to be rich Mm, sure Mm, sus I bet you, I bet you don't even own a steel company. (laughs) I know, right? It's like, I bet your dad wrote you out of the will. I bet you don't even exploit your laborers. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? Paying them fair wages? Is that why you need to rent? Okay. Okay. Gross. (laughs) So at the end of August, uh, their youngest daughter became ill with a high fever, headache, lethargy, and diarrhea. Can I guess what it was? Can I get? Can sure. I guess? Can I guess the disease? Yeah, Amanda. Yeah. Can I guess? Um, was it typhoid? Yes. <laughs> oh my god! It was. Did I? It's amazing. Did I do it? <laughs> Nailed it. First try. Thank you. It's amazing. Very, god, very good. Thank God I didn't say typhoon. This close. <laughs> <laughs> it was auto correcting to typhoon a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. This, so. Uh, soon, Mrs. Warren and two maids came down with a similar ailment, mm. and then another daughter, and then the gardener. So, wow, everybody's got the typhoid. 
I loved back then, and maybe now too, I don't know if uber rich people do this now, when people would be like, oh, we're going to the Hamptons, let's bring the gardener and our stay and maid and like two yep. babysitters for our kids and also oh, our yeah. silver polisher, you know? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They like would pile up like trunks of just like their fine china and, yeah, you know, all all the people, everybody. Mm-hmm. I guess they're just great for the gardener. He's like, I want to be in the Hamptons. Like, yeah. <laughs> But, um, so I guess just a, a small blip on typhoid. Yes, uh, please. Typhoid fever is caused by uh, Salmonella typhi, which lives in the intestinal tracts and often the gallbladder. And it can cause sepsis, possibly rupture. So your insides are just leaking into your insides. Ew. And in about 10% of cases, it's fatal. Okay. So 10, 10% nowadays or 10% back then? Back then. Oh, cool. I okay. think because we have uh, vaccines and antibiotics now, yeah, it's is it? very easily treatable. Yeah. So, um, And then my other question is how is it passed from person to person? Like I know that, that this story person. is something special, but is there a way in particular it's passed or is it really strange that all these people had it? No, it is um it is person to person. Great. And it is through uh the fecal matter and urine of an infected person being straight up ingested. Yes. So a lot of times you find this more in like um like third world countries with not a lot of sanitation. Mm-hmm. But also this is early nineteen hundreds New York City. So we're gonna get into that about like the living conditions. Sure. Of New York in that time. Awesome. Um, but in Oyster Bay, it the wealthy elite go there to summer. So they simply didn't have typhoid there. It just mm. wasn't even a any. It wasn't on people's minds at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was generally a symbol of like filth and the lower class. Uh, definitely not something Teddy Roosevelt worried about when he was out there, you know. <laughs> sipping martinis and listening to it. jazz chumming it up yeah. sipping martinis and listening to martinis that's right <laughs> nice um and like so it was definitely a thing like the tenements of new york city yeah more had to deal with like where you your baby is taking a bath in like a murky stock pot yeah it it, it is gross and like waste so is disposed on the streets just thrown out the window mm-hmm. like literally just thrown out the window and then somebody's like "Ooh, water no oh, oh my god no. this don't store that but you keep it's giving bad. me I'm the so eggs <laughs> i know i'm so sorry well it's gonna get better it's gonna get better i mean i, or I don't believe I just, you <laughs> it's better or worse i think you're a liar um, <laughs> we won't talk too much about poop but it will come back up. Mm, great. So the Thompsons who owned the house uh, were concerned about the typhoid outbreak at their property. Yeah. Because if it's known to have a typhoid outbreak, people aren't going to rent it Oh, anymore. wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, if you have a bed bug outbreak in a mansion Oof. in the Hamptons, 
you're not going to rent that property anymore. Yeah. They'll be like, do you remember in 1912 when they had that bed bug thing? Uh-uh. No, no fucking way. No, a negative review on Yelp can absolutely tank an Airbnb. It really can, exactly. Especially when you mention typhoid. Yeah. Or something of the like. So those are big buzzwords. Um, so the Thompsons are like, it's not the house. We got to make sure somebody yeah. takes the fall for this typhoid outbreak. Interesting. So we can be like, it was bad shellfish that they ate that had da da da. So they hire a man to find the cause, <gasps> Dr. George Soper. Ooh, an inspector? Yes. Uh, an inspector. A private eye? Yes. So he's a biologist and a disease detective. Whoa! Fun yeah. job. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, dude, that's awesome. And so he's, you know, very well educated, but also he's described as confident, ambitious, and a little obsessive. Okay. So that sounds like classic doctor and detective traits. Exactly, right? Uh, and he's all of them to a T. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes to the house, he tests the water, he puts dye into the toilets to see if the dye comes out of the faucets. Nothing. Um, they check like the local water sources, no typhoid. They check the local like shellfish, like especially the oysters because it's Oyster Bay. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And just quick note that like typhoid bacteria is often killed off during cooking. Okay. So it's the raw stuff. Sure. Have to worry about. So, but it would be like oysters. I mean, exactly. Tartar. Some kind of. Yeah, some uncooked food. Um, so they're, you know, testing everything. They can't find the source. Um, question: Did anyone die in this family? In this family, I don't believe so. Okay. I think it was just they got very sick. Okay. Um, people will later die. Okay. Spoiler. Shucks. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, you probably saw that coming. So, ah, beans. In interviewing the family, uh, Dr. George Soper asks, is there anyone I haven't talked to? Mm-hmm. And they're like, we did have this cook a while back. <laughs> and, you know, c- come to think of it, her name was Typhoid Mary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, it's just now coming together. <laughs> Oh. Sorry, it took us too long. You can go. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> but they did recall this this cook and that she made a banging peach ice cream. Wow. Was Yum. her specialty. Sounds good. Yeah, right? She made ice cream with like fresh cut up peaches in it and like everybody Ooh. loved it. Cut to Mary Mallon. Mm-hmm. A 37-year-old Irish immigrant who had arrived in New York City in 1884 at the age of 15. So, upon arrival, she moved in with her aunt and uncle, who would soon die and leave Mary just on her own, just to Aww. fend for herself. I know. And she didn't come over with anyone? She didn't come over with anyone. She had no other family. She just solo. Scary. And she climbs the ranks of domestic work. She, like, starts in laundry, works her way up, and then eventually becomes a 
very talented and highly regarded yeah. cook for the wealthy families of New York City. Yeah, I mean, if you're going out to like Oyster Bay, I'm sure you you've got some creds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She had like her resume was stacked. Absolutely awesome, and I'm proud of her because it's tough, especially for like Irish immigrants at the time. Oh, like, I'm sure. They came from really rough situations normally. Um, she was born in um, County Cork? County. Sure. Count, 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 County Tyrone. Sorry. Oh. I don't have it written down, but I think it's just out of my memory, which was one of the poorest counties in Ireland. Okay. So, like, their diet was potatoes. That was all they got. There wasn't, like, a plate or a fork or a spoon. Yeah. It was just really rough. Um, but she's here. She's she's living. She's thriving. She's, you know, a talented uh, chef de cuisine. So She makes the most banging Sh- peach ice cream. You know, yeah, this, dude, this side of the Mississippi. Skills. That's right. But Dr. George Soper is determined to find this cook. Mm-hmm. And he believes if it's, if his theory is right, she might be known as, quote, a healthy carrier, which at this time oh. wasn't a thing. <gasps> yeah, I forgot a lot about carrier. this story. Yeah, 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 right? Me too. Um, so they had never seen, at this point, like early 1900s, they'd never seen a healthy carrier of any real disease. It was like either you're sick and symptomatic or dead or alive and healthy. And this dete- uh, disease detective, he just, yeah. like, came up with this theory out of nowhere? Great question. She was the only, like, outlier. Because George was, like, right. really savvy. He's like, we tested all the water. Yeah. We we tested all of the employees because it's coming from another person. Sure. Like, it's someone in this very small circle that is the cause of it. And she's the only one I haven't talked to. And yeah, like it's so, so crazy to be like, I know this thing doesn't exist, but I bet this person is this thing. Like that's yeah. a bonkers theory to jump to. And like makes sense now. Like we've, we see that all the time with like carriers of things, but like, yeah. that's so wild that he was just like, well, <laughs> yeah. And it was, um, Kind of crazy, too, because he was so, you know, so educated and so smart that he's like, I bet this person is infecting other people but doesn't Mm. know they're infecting other people. That would be the most outrageous thing if that person was sick and knew they were sick. Yeah. And and decided to proceed anyway. That would never happen. We see that happen all the time now. Mm. You know, people go to work sick all the time. Yeah. But he's like. No one would get an entire family ill on purpose. So I bet this, this, this. He kind of like, he's very good at like putting these puzzle pieces together. So if he makes, if he cracks this case, it will make his career. He will be untouchable for a long, long time. So he tracks Mary Mallon down at her new job. Because a lot of the time, and you'll see this happen time and time again, a family will get sick and she'll just bounce. Right. Right. So that's when it comes into question. Like there's a lot of, you know, uh, controversy around this 
They're like, did she know? Did she yeah. not know? Was she a victim? All of this stuff. So it's like a family gets sick. She'll help nurse them back to health. And then she'll the be time. gone. And then she's gone. Interesting. So it's hard to track her down, but they find her at her new job working for a family on Park Avenue where a chambermaid is already in the hospital with typhoid and their only child is very sick. Aww. Yeah. So this is the scene of George Soper's first interview with Mary Mallon. And it doesn't go well. <laughs> do we get do we get text? Do we get primary sources? Yes, we do. Yes. So <laughs> so George goes in there and he's like, Are you Mary Mallon? She's like, Yes. He's like, I think you're carrying typhoid. I need to see your poop. And she's like, What? She's like, what? Okay, pervert. Yeah, pervert. Don't involve me in your... I've read about people like you. In your, you know, scat kink. Okay? Keep me out of there. Yeah, right? In your dreams, loser. (laughs) So he's like, no, I really think that you're carrying a disease. I need your poop. And he's like, you know, sometimes it can get, especially if you're a cook, it can get onto your hands if you don't wash your hands, she's like, are you suggesting I don't wash my hands? Mm. And this comes into play because I think this is overlooked a lot in the case of typhoid Mary is that typhoid isn't a sticky little bugger. Mm. So if you use the bathroom and you wash your hands to today's standards, it's just not enough. You have to, like, take all, oh, like, really? jewelry off. You have to, like, scrub, vigorously scrub wow. under your nails. Yeah. It's, like, a – it's a process. So everyone's like, oh, wash your hands. And it's like, sure, today we would see her washing her hands and be like, yeah, she did. I saw yeah. it. But it wasn't, like, the super vigorous kind of What you needs. need. Yeah. Exactly. For typing. Saying happy birthday twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even then, still going to be probably in there. Mm, so Interesting. Uh, George Soper's like, give me your poop, give me your poop. And she's like, <laughs> fuck out of here yeah. right now. So he, uh, so he's like, please, 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 I need a sample. And she gets a carving fork and threatens him and chases him out the door. Okay, I, I was like, I don't know what's happening with that fork. I don't know what's going to happen with that. <laughs> I don't like, know. Get out of here. I'll take your eye. Oh, my God. You want typhus? I was like, is she going to put that fork up her butt? <laughs> I didn't know. Man, I didn't know what She's was going like, to happen. Oh, fork. you want poop samples? Yeah. Show you poop samples. <laughs> fork up my butt. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what was going to happen. For- Fortunately, that didn't happen. Uh, oh, thank God. Detective Dr... George so- Soper did get chased out of the house with a carving fork. So this whole thing was like massively insulting to Mary. Mm. To in, in like to suggest she was sick and infecting others. Yeah. Um, because typhoid was synonymous with filth, poverty, yeah. poor hygiene, all of that. Oh, and interesting. she's like, I'm a I'm a successful chef. I work for wealthy families. In, in a city that has a lot of money, I yeah. I summer in the Hamptons. Like, 
who do you think you're talking to? And I also reckon it could probably be like a pretty big career ender if like word gets around that this detective is like looking into you and making certain claims. It's like, yeah, no, who's going to fucking hire you? Exactly. So and she was just like, I've never been sick a day in my life. I've never I've never gotten anybody sick. It's just a bad string of luck. Yeah. She doesn't say that. She's just really aggressive with Mm. With the detective doctor. So she's got this beautiful life set up for herself. Cut back to. Dr. George Soper is like, okay. Okay. That didn't go well. Mm -hmm. So. Maybe I shouldn't have led with the request for poop. Yeah. Maybe I need to just change up my wording a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And, uh. It's like, okay, she won't give me her poop. So I will do this chronologically to prove my case. Okay, cool. Okay. So he goes to her employment agency and finds her work history. And in the last 10 years, she's worked for eight different families. Six of those families were crushed with typhoid. (gasps) Oh, shit. So he's like... Yeah, I think I get it. I I think I can get a warrant for her poop. I think I can probably. I can. You're give me give me that poop. <laughs> I'm gonna test it. I want to put it in a tiny little plastic cup, and I want to run all sorts of tests on it. That's gonna happen. Yeah. So he's kind of like stalking her at this point because mm. she's like persona non grata. She's public enemy number one yeah and it is his job to find her Mm. so he stalks her down to third avenue where she's been cavorting with an unsavory character oh named Bryhoff. now that was the only name that i got was Bryhoff. but oh my god is this about to get saucy (laughs) it will a little bit so soper detective dr soper befriends by Bryhoff. Ooh. In a bar, and he was like, Hey, bud, you look like a nice fella. Let me buy you a beer. Yeah. And Brian's like, Sure, I am a nice fella. Nobody ever tells me that, but you get me. <laughs> and, you know, like bar friends. Yeah. So, so it turns out that Bryhoff lives just upstairs with his girlfriend, Mary. And mm-hmm. Dr. Detective is like, when do you think she'll be home? Yeah. Come on. Why don't we, like, let's go watch the game. Yeah. Like, when, when do you think she'll be home? Maybe we just, we just pop up there for a little bit. Just hang out. You know, we'll, uh, you have a flute. I know how to, I can do a little flute action or a, a guitar. And that crazy question. Do you, do you keep your girlfriend's poop? <laughs> can I can I check your toilet? Is that too much? I know we just met, but dude, dude, have you tried this session IPA? And also, can I check your toilet? <laughs> just I'm not gonna be in there long. I just want to take some swabs. It's what friends do for each other. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he essentially ambushes Mary when she gets home. Mm. He's like. Please give me your poop. 
And she's like, what is wrong with you, you fucking creep? Mm-hmm. You stalk me at work. You're following me home. Mm-hmm. Like, get out of here. It's like smart guy, cool, f- doing the doing the right thing, hypothetically. Not a mm-hmm. cool method. <laughs> Not a cool method. And, and you know, you'll, you see this, too, throughout, you know, all, all of the research that I did. It was like his his interpersonal skills weren't really sure. There. Got it. He's like, I don't understand why you won't just give it to me. And she's like, it's weird. And he's like, <laughs> it's not, not to me. He's like, it's, it's science. science. <laughs> yeah. Like it's science. Just give it to me. Okay. So clearly like these two interviews did not go well and we got to change tactics. Enter the New York health department. Oh, wow. Bringing it to the top. Doctor, yeah, all the way. He's like, I can't just be stalking this woman all the time. I got, you know, Mm -hmm. pool league or whatever. Yeah. And I got got hobbies and things. So. I got to go hang out with Bryhoff. We're best friends Yeah, he's like, like, I have a date to meet Bryhoff for drinks in two hours. I can't be dealing with this shit. Dude, he just told me about a brewery that opened up. They have a new stout yeah. on the menu. And I That's gotta right. go try it with Bryhoff. And I wanna try it. He's my only friend. So, Dr. Herman Briggs of the New York Health... Or, sorry. The New York Health Commissioner was given authority to go into tenements and straight up vaccinate people. Like, without consent. Just be like, hey, oh, get over wow. here. Shot. Yeah. And because people are complaining about the COVID vaccine. I know, right? I was like, God, today, like, obviously that would never happen. But he was just going in there with nurses and they were just like, jab, 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 jab. And like waking babies up and they're like, ow. And they're like, great, you're good. At least nowadays yeah. you can pick which CVS you go to and you can yeah. plan it so that you know you're going to have your symptoms on your day off. You know? That's right. That's Everyone, exactly right. If you're not vaccinated yet, I have words. Go. Go do it. It's important. So, he could take people by force who didn't comply. Wow. And he could put people in quarantine who posed a, a certain risk. Wow. So, complete authority because health conditions were so poor. mm that they were like, they kind of gave him carte blanche. They're like, do whatever it takes. Like, th- people are dying in yeah. mass. And there's, um, you know, really the thing is there's no need to fix the root of the issue, which is uh, insufficient housing and um, uh, class inequity, when you can just put a Band-Aid yeah. on the, the symptoms that show up. Exactly. So they're like, well, we're going to you know, kicking the doors to these tenements and cause people unspeakable trauma instead of being like, hey, we got some more land over here. We could build a nice little, you know, whatever. We have empty apartments lining the park. All over the place. Mm -hmm. We could just, you know, and they also have clean water over there. We, But you know what? (laughs) I like kicking in doors, okay? Call me crazy. So Soper goes to Briggs and he's like, hey, 
there's this chick who I think is causing outbreaks of typhoid, mm. but she won't give up the poop. Mm-hmm. She won't do it. And Briggs is like, don't worry, my dude. We'll send my female colleague to go talk some sense into her. Lady to lady. This feels like a fedora hat tip moment. Like, we'll send my female colleague (laughs) to go talk to my lady. (laughs) It feels like internet incel vibes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, very much so. Lady to lady, let me tell you. Let me tell you a little something about typhoid. (laughs) So he's like, we're going to get you that poop, George. Don't you worry. Mm -hmm. So Dr. S. Josephine Baker is a another biologist, but also another disease detective. So she's cool. Like an inspector for the New York Health Department. Cool. Uh, she shows up at Mary's latest job, another mansion in Manhattan. She's got five cops with her and an ambulance waiting outside because Wow. Mary's going to the hospital. Oh, we're not yeah. leaving without her. Yeah. So she's got cops blocking blocking off every exit to the mansion. She's got one by her side at the front door and then the ambulance in the street. You knock on the door. Mary answers. Because as like the cook of of most of the for most of these families, it was such a high up position. You were essentially like a the manager, like mm, if like you didn't have like a butler, manager. yeah, or a maitre d' or whatever, then like the head cook would be the manager yeah. of the household. Got it. Would open the door. So Dr. Josephine Baker is like, hey, I'm Dr. Josephine Baker. This is why I'm here. And Mary's like, fuck, run. <laughs> She's like, scatter. <laughs> and she runs. Are you, wait, Really? She, she slams takes the door off. and takes off. <gasps> so the cops and Dr. Josephine Baker, they break down the door and they're like, she's in here. We're going to find her. They search this multi-story mansion and we're talking like behind teapots and lamps <laughs> and closets and under beds and everything like that. And so they're searching and searching and Josephine Baker, she said that um, they would ask the other workers in the mansion, be like, did Mary Mallon come through here? And they'd be like, mm, haven't seen her. And mm-hmm. she's like, while it did make my job harder, I respect the loyalty. Yeah, they're like, not snitches. <laughs> they're, they're like, they're not snitching. I don't know what to tell you. Who? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have really shitty vision and hearing. <laughs> so no, I haven't seen or heard anything. I so, shouldn't be working with knives. I am bad I at should, seeing. I should honestly be on like a disability, but uh, here I am. I also, so, I kind of just realized that disease detective is probably the same thing as like a health inspector. But yeah. Dis, disease detective but it's got just, more like it sounds so much shroud. cooler. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it feels like more. I don't know, like, there's, like, a more sinister element yeah. to it than, like, like, going into a restaurant and being, like, oh, there's a lime peel in that, under that floor grate, so you get a B. It, like, feels, like, more like Osmosis Jones. <laughs> like- yes! 
Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so they're searching this whole mansion. And then one of the cops sees a piece of blue fabric sticking out from a panel in the wall. Mm. So secret door. Mary has barricaded herself in a secret like <gasps> crawl space. Whoa. But her dress got caught in it. Oh no, Mary. Mary. So they break open this thing and haul her out, kicking and screaming. Oh. They put her in the ambulance where Dr. Josephine Baker has to sit on her because she's just wiling out. Yeah. She's punching, kicking, flailing around. And uh, Baker says, quote, it was like being in a cage with an angry lion. It's that Irish, that Irish blood coming out. Oh, and she's like, this is bullshit. I'm in it. I haven't done anything wrong. I've just led like an upstanding life. Like I've worked really hard and now I'm being stalked and arrested and da da da. Arrested at my place of work. Doesn't look good. No. Doesn't look good. No. So she's at Willard Parker Hospital for the poor. That's like a loose title for the no, poor it's part. No, not. It was generally meant for. It was like poor. a banner that was hanging down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, technically, it's just called Willard Parker for, for the poor. Yeah. You get it. You get it. So another huge insult for Mary um, but Dr. Detective George Soper goes to talk to her and he's like, listen. And she's like, of course it's you. Of course it's you. You sent that chick after me, but I knew it was you. You poop. And he's like, you poop perv. And he's like, hey, 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 be cool. Be cool. I just want to ask you some questions. And if you answer my questions, I swear, we're going to get you out of here. Mm. We'll send you on your way. You get your freedom. I'm going to write, write a book about your case, and I will give you 100% of the profits. Oh, damn. Like, I mean, I'm listening. Okay. I'm definitely listening. Well, We're like, how much poop do you want? <laughs> Although I will say, can you imagine someone just comes up to you, and they're like, I'm going to write a book about you, and you can get all the money it makes. It's like, well, have you ever written a book? Uh, are you a good writer? <laughs> Do you have a publisher have interested? <laughs> I don't know, though, because I think if somebody was like, I'm going to write a book and I'll give you 100% of the profits, I honestly wouldn't care what it was about. I'd be like, <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, I'll write my biography. Sure. Sure. So I'll sell my life rights for 100%. 20 bucks. But it, that's, that's not a lot to ask. So, so she's not having it. She gets up, she goes to the bathroom, and just never comes out. Stop. Not never. She doesn't die in there. But I was like, George is there a little window? Like, <laughs> well, she just waits it out until he leaves. He's and like, does he? Yeah. He's oh like, I've God. been here for three and a half hours. I, I don't think she's going to come out anytime soon. And they can't kick that door in? So they can kick in right. the doors to the tenement buildings, but not that one? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm confused. They broke down a door to a mansion. 
You know how thick that must be? Like yeah. five inches. Five inches of wood. I'm sure that uh, hospital doors have like safety precautions to prevent people from locking themselves in there. Yeah. Maybe That's not in the 1900s. But. Yeah, I was like, but, but, but it's not a bad idea. Take notes, early 1900s. So she is then sent to what Anthony Bourdain called Plague Island. Ooh. <laughs> Spooky. But it's just an island where, like, they sent six sick people. Um, it's North Brother Island. It's just off the coast of the South Bronx. Oh, okay. I was like, how far are they sending her? <laughs> to the Galapagos? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it, it's, it was, like, literally, like, 100 feet off the <laughs> It's like going to, like, Roosevelt Island or something. Exactly, exactly. So um, the hospital there is called Riverside Hospital, and it's mostly filled with TB patients. So, oh shit! We know a little bit about TB. Yeah, that's like a little scary. If you don't yeah. think you're sick and you like, yeah, and all of a sudden you're surrounded by TB. That's exactly it. So I'm so glad you said that because, like, in this documentary that I was watching, they're like, she. If you look at her, you're like, she is perfectly healthy. Yeah. She's going to a hospital where hundreds of people are actively sick and dying of TB. Yeah. Wow. But this will make you feel better. They don't have her live in the hospital. They give her a cool. little cottage Aww. on the property. Very cute. So she's she's got her own little bungalow. She hates it. She feels, <laughs> she's you know, ostracized a, and isolated, but. A bit of a prisoner, but. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I don't know, man. Get some houseplants. Maybe look at you a cat. Maybe if you ask really nice. So she's in her small cottage. And at this time, she's writing letters to like the health department, the inspectors and public health officials are kind of starting to speak out. They're like, this is kind of fucked up. Like, oh, really? Yes. Shockingly. They're like, we shouldn't be imprisoning people especially because like she didn't know she was hurting anybody we're still not even sure if she did hurt anybody and so they're kind of starting to speak out about it um at this time they found 49 other healthy carriers of the disease got it so the theory is kind of being proven in real time exactly and they're like well only one of them is in prison Mm. or is isolated because none of the rest were cooking. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So that was like the thing. So New York City, like the health department, everybody's kind of feeling the pressure. Everybody just wants to get out of this. They're just like, oh my God, just deal with the typhoid Mary situation. The press has gotten a hold of the story. Oof. They're calling her typhoid Mary. Oh. Um. I know, I know. And she's like, well, that hurts. Oh, I like that. I also like to feed birds. No one calls yeah, me she's like, bird feeder Mary. Bird feeder. <laughs> bird feeder Mary. Exactly. She's got other qualities. So in 1910, a new health commissioner is appointed and is very sympathetic to her case. And he's like, listen, I want you out of here too. Mm-hmm. How about this? We'll let you out. Just don't go back to cooking. And she's like, 
Hmm. Don't go back to cooking. Wink. And he's like, oh, no. no. Oh, no, no. no. Really don't. Yeah. Don't do it. You pose a very serious, serious risk. And she's like, cool. Yeah. Quote, serious risk. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No cooking. (laughs) Ten four. You didn't say anything about baking. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You'd be like, what if I just uh, became a butcher? I'm I'm not. Technically, this is sautéing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, through, so she's released in 1910. Through 1910 to 1913, the health department has close tabs on her. They know where she lives. They Mm. know where she works as a laundress making pennies. Oh, like she's making so much less. Yeah, it sucks. And uh, she, but she, like, she's on the map. They got a little. Try. She's got her ankle, ankle bracelet on. Mm-hmm. 1914. Whoops, we lost her. Oh. <laughs> oh. She, I looked. I turned my back for 10 seconds. And she's just and she's gone. gone. She's gone. But they have a bigger issue now because they have found that 3% of typhoid fever survivors are now active carriers. Got it. Okay. And now more people, I'm assuming, are cooking. Exactly. So they're like, okay, we could either test everybody who's ever had it, which would be impossible, or we can focus on food workers, Mm -hmm. food handlers. So any chefs, anybody who, who cooks or deals with food, butchers, everybody gets tested and tested frequently Mm -hmm. for typhoid. But they, like, it kind of comes up with nothing. Like, they kind of don't really find anything. Okay. They might catch a couple people that are are active carriers. But in March 1915, the prestigious Sloan Maternity Hospital in Manhattan, which is up in, like, Inwood, sees, you guessed it, a typhoid outbreak. Nice. Great. Nice. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, We know... You know, we all know what I'm about to say, but the stats are 25 doctors, nurses, and other staff Wow, are very, very ill. Oh. Two of them die. Who's up next? Dr. Soper. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Detective George Soper. He's, he's like, still in it. He's still in the game. He's smoking a cigarette like, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, exactly. He's like, it's been, I thought this was behind me, but they sucked me back in. So, <laughs> One last case, they always say. He's like, ha, ah, my old nemesis. <laughs> I knew you'd be coming back. So others, like other workers at the hospital were like, ah, our new cook must be, must be typhoid Mary. <laughs> LOL, 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 LOL. Stop. But it couldn't possibly be Typhoid Mary because our cook's name is Mary Brown. <laughs> Come on, guys. What? It's who's? No one's going to lie about their name. No one lies. No one's, no one's going to lie about the, the last name. They, she didn't even change her I know. That is that is actually very funny to be called in the she press even, Typhoid yeah. Mary and then not change your first name. 
not change the Mary part. It's like, I don't even remember her last name that you told me eight times because yeah. she's not typhoid whatever. She's typhoid Mary. She's typhoid Mary. She's not typhoid Malin. There we go. She's typhoid Mary. She's not even dressed in disguise. She's not wearing like those glasses with the fake nose and the mustache. She's mm-hmm. not doing any of that. She's just straight up. Last name, just. She used some whiteout and wrote brown mm-hmm. over the top. And she's like, I'm Mary Brown now. And we're good. Mm-hmm. So she's not there that day, but Dr. Detective Soper goes into the kitchen. He's like, I actually know her handwriting very well. Stop it. Really? Because I'm a real big creep. He's like, I'm her biggest fan. Um, I don't know what you mean by stalker. Um, <laughs> I, I would know that handwriting <laughs> literally anywhere. I can recognize her scent even three days old. <laughs> it's like sniffing I'm like around. I'm a bloodhound, but just for this one person. Yeah. So, so he sees like a recipe uh, written down. He's like, that's her. She's here. That's my lady. She's been here. That's my lady. Oh, you slippery cook lady. He's like, did you say peach ice cream? Yeah. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. So he's like, okay, she was here. I'm going to send Josephine Baker back for her. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they got along so well the first time. Because it went so well the first time. They're women. They can talk to each other. They're women. Automatically get along. So Josephine Baker goes back to the hospital, sees Mary Mallon, Mary Brown, in there cooking away, living her best life. She's like, I am cooking, I am thriving, flipping eggs, just doing the whole thing. But Josephine Baker can't take her on her own. She knows this, especially when she's armed with like a spatula. She's like, yeah, hot pan. (laughs) Not today. Not Mm -hmm. today. So what do they do? They stalk her all the way back to her house in Queens. Great. Is she still with Bryhoff? No. That's a great question. I did not mention. I didn't mention that in the last like year like in the year that she was like out and being like mary brown bryhoff died (gasps) no i know i didn't say what he died from but i have some Uh, guesses i have i have a thought i have a guess i have a thought does he like peach ice cream is it that could be it is it probably typhoid that's our best (laughs) guess so she is hauled back to mm-hmm. North Brother Island without incident because she's like, yeah, yep, that was. Uh, you told me not to cook, and I, and, 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 yep. and I did anyway, and um, I actually knew you'd be coming back for me, and uh, yeah, just, just take me away. I got my – I actually already packed. figured this was coming. She's so. like, I, look, I thought I read some subtext into what you were saying about not cooking. Uh, you know, and then I thought about it more and I realized I didn't read any subtext into it. So, yeah. uh, and then yeah, when those like sense. 25 people got sick, I was like, am I, am I the problem? Am I typhoid Mary? Am I, am I the drama? I, I'm not the drama. It feels a little convenient, just, but it's gotta be me, right? Yeah. Like, 
So she settles in to North Brother Island um, in her little bungalow and she makes friends with like the doctors and the nurses. She actually eventually becomes a lab tech. Um, previously, they were like, hey, we could treat you with this. We could remove your gallbladder. Yeah. We could do this. She kind oh. of refuses pretty much everything. I mean, if in the 1900s, if you don't have to get invasive surgery, I understand not getting invasive surgery. Well, and that's what one of the doctors on this documentary said. He was like, honestly, she probably made the right call. Yeah. For not getting, because she could have survived it, but there were so many other complications that probably would have come along yeah. with that surgery that she probably would have died. So she's allowed to go on little excursions into the city on occasion. She always comes back and she always comes back on time. Wow. I know. Changed I like, woman. She's a new woman. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was like, who, where is the Mary that, you know, sprinted up like 16 flights of stairs and hit yeah. the wall? Yeah. Where's, where's the Mary who had to be sat on, on a, in, a, in a moving ambulance? Exactly. Like, I'm like, she could have probably gotten away. But in 1938, Mary Mallon dies at the age of 69 after a roller coaster hmm, of nice. other health problems, including a stroke. Got it. Her stats are... 47 confirmed infected and three confirmed deaths. Oh, wow. Yeah. 10 years later, 47. antibiotics would be invented. Yeah. Yeah. 47. So, wow. So that 25, she really did a number. That was like her, her piece de resistance, her like grand, <laughs> she's going out with a bang. Her grand opus. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's like, Dun, 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 and everyone's like, yes! Yay, <laughs> best work! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of, especially with the numbers, it says, like, she infected anywhere between, like, 50 to 200 people. Sure, or, of course. You know, so no there's way a lot of, like, no way of knowing. Um but, you know, she did uh, infect a lot of families and left, you know, a little yeah. trail of of typhoid behind her. So, you know what? Honestly, and she's an absolute girl boss for that. Um, yep. <laughs> Who says you can't make something of yourself? We still talking about it today. This is this story is interesting because it gets very different when she knows. Yeah. She as a person and like my opinion, like one's opinion of her changes drastically depending yes. on if she always knew or if she didn't always know. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. Um, you're so smart because, you know, in watching like these documentaries and like reading these articles, um, there is a part where like sympathy begins to wane. You're yeah. just like, Oh, we, we definitely did feel sorry for you at one point. We don't know how to feel now. And like, are you a victim or a villain? Yeah. And it's like the trail, like leaving the trail of like jumping from family to family. I'm like, no, interesting. That seems a little suspicious. And she's like, I just didn't want to catch it. <laughs> Something like she's like, I could outrun it. <laughs> I can outrun it. I just, I've been doing it for years. But at like at one point to, 
the doctors were like, well, nobody really explained to her what a healthy carrier was. In, okay, interesting. And I was like, okay, I get that. But she would still know. Like, after all of, like, the, sure. the tests that were run on her, all of, like, you know her being hunted down and quarantined against her will. And they're like, you're killing people like, or you're, you're making people very sick. And even if you don't understand what like a healthy carrier is, she's like, but I'm not sick. And they're like, but you are, Mm. you're just not showing any signs of sickness. It's like, depending on very small details, it's either like a dystopian tale about like, uh, a totalitarian like health uh, dictatorship yeah. or it's like a tale of like a psychopath sociopath villain yeah. you know depending yeah, yeah, yeah. on like these tiny little differences absolutely and i think like with the public opinion because we all know like the court of public opinion like reigns in like the early 1900s when she went back to cooking, they were like, oh, like strike the hammer. She's done. Nobody's trying to get her yeah. out of anything anymore. No one's making excuses for her anymore. Yeah. So it, uh, it was, a, it's a wild tale, but, uh, you know, she, she got to live life with her bungalow and with her, bungalow, in her bungalow. It's kind of adorable. And I'm like, honestly, pretty no, cute. Not too bad. You could take little shopping trips in the city. You can make yourself peach, peach ice cream. That's right. You can't get more typhoid. You already got it. It's like when you have COVID. You can't get more COVID. You got it or you don't. You're 100% or zero or something. I okay. Know. I thought you were saying you couldn't get it again. And I was like, Amanda, that is very oh. untrue. You can get oh, it again. Oh, you can absolutely get it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when you have a cold. Like, I'll, I'll do this sometimes when, like, if I have a cold, I will like obsessively like wash my hands and sanitize because I think I'm going to get more sick if I just keep touching my nose, which well, I you have might. to. Cause sometimes like it, it, your immune system is all messed up and then you don't want to yeah. like add something new on top of it. I know. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to get any more germs up in here. Just yeah. Let, leave me be. So yeah, that was the, uh, the tragic uh, story of typhoid Mary Mallon. Well, thank you, Amanda. I'm going to be really piecing it together in my mind, whether or not I think she's an icon or an absolute terror (laughs) villain. Yeah, it's definitely something to to think about and keep you up at night. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for letting me tell that to you. I'm I'm glad we didn't uh, get too. Yeah, I wasn't too grossed out. I was okay. No, it's more like a like a cat and mouse, yeah, kind of. Thing. It's a yeah. yeah, an adventure. It's like Fast and Furious. Yeah, <laughs> They're racing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know when they soar over that bridge and they come down and they land on top of the truck. It's more like that. My favorite <laughs> Marvel super villain is Typhoid Mary. Um, <laughs> I liked when the Avengers fought her. <laughs> I liked when Paul Rudd got really, really small and like went through her intestinal tract and was like, there it is. <laughs> Healthy carrier. All right. So uh, do you want to tell everybody where to uh, find us and follow us and talk I to us and stuff? 
absolutely do you can find us on instagram at disastrous pod we are on tiktok at disastrous lee pod with an ly you can go ahead and email us at disastrous pod at gmail.com you know what do you think is typhoid mary um a villain or is she the hero we need um yeah so and you know have you ever had diarrhea on a date let us know about it yeah what do you think about Bryhoff? <laughs> um, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And go ahead and share this one with a pal. Yeah, we would love that. And, uh, you know, as always, this has been disastrous. I'm Amanda. I'm Hannah. And we love you and respect you. And we'll catch you on the flippy floppy. Bye. Bye.